0: XDX FM Pittsburgh's rock and alternative
1: You want to talk about the quarterback all day long. You want to talk about the quarterback. I want to talk about the Steelers defense. The quarterbacks are a rookie, a journeyman, and a backup. The defense is the highest paid in football. they got three first-team All-Pro players. Not just guys who make it once in a while, but guys who are regular to get honors like that. The quarterbacks are among the worst groups in football. The defense had better be among the very best. So if the Steelers stumble, place the blame accurately. T.J. Watt got to be healthy. Minka has to be involved in takeaways. Cam just has to be Cam. He rarely disappoints. But those three guys have to win games because that's what they get paid to do. Not to set records, not to make all pro. I don't care about that. They get paid to win games. That's what big money players are paid to do to impact winning in positive fashion as often as possible. And if Devin Bush sucks, yeah, that's a bummer, dude, but those three got to do even more. If the offense scores 13 points, that defense has to hold the other teams to 10. You make the most, you got to do the most. You got to win games. Defense is where the Steelers have put emphasis and chosen to invest the most. So the defense got to win games, period. No debate. And if the Steelers don't, Don't blame the quarterback. Blame the guys making the most money. They play defense. This segment brought to you by 84 Lumber and by Armstrong, keeping you connected. Yeah, I just see a situation where you blame Trubisky no matter what and you blame the Steelers for not playing picket and you ignore that the defense is the highest paid in football and I bet it sucks. Oh, I bet, you know, TJ and Cam and and Minka and all the other guys that you're on a first-name basis with, I bet they do good enough. I bet they get their stats. I bet they get their uh, Pro Bowl and All-Pro accolades, but you pay these guys to win games, and I can't get you understand that so I'm going to say it over and over and over again. Uh, by the way, a little story from my trip last night to Greensburg to see the Jason Bottom Led Zeppelin experience at the Palace Theater. Uh, they were great as always. They dropped in the Wanton song and Carousel which Zepp tribute bands do not often play. Anyway, I'm a Chipotle beforehand in Greensburg, because it's an 8.30 show. And later somebody tweeted, I saw Mark Madden at Greensburg Chipotle, and it took everything in me not to gobble that neck, unquote. What does that mean, to gobble that neck? And it was a woman who tweeted it, so maybe that's good. Gobble that neck. That's another euphemism I just don't understand, such as, He's got that dog in him. 412 333 WXDX. Let's go to Jeff in the truck. Jeff, you're on with double M. Mark, I said good day. I said good day. Mark, uh, the Steelers are going to stink because the
2: linebackers suck. Pretty simple. Uh, Devin Bush lost his edge, uh, his backup from the guy he's in competition with he's just as bad if not worse too light, too slow can't cover anybody
1: you know what told me all I need to know about Devin Bush and I don't know if Robert Spillane's what? too light but he can't cover anybody like you look at Saturday's game Bush whiffed on that tackle that turned a short gain into a 16 yard gain, and Spillane got beaten coverage three times that's the long and short of the so-called competition for that spotted inside backer but uh but, uh, boy, whatever thought I had, I I got a, an old-timer spurt here. I have Irish Alzheimer's. I forget everything but a grudge. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that, uh, that, that uh, inside backer position might sabotage their entire defense, like I said a bit earlier. Yeah, the old pros can only do so much, and they're only in so many different positions. Well, yeah, but they have to do to more than They have to do more then. and. And like Mario Lemieux always said, I make the most, I got to do the most. So that applies to these guys. Whatever they have to do to make this team win. Like last year, T.J. Watt was Defensive Player of the Year and deservedly so. And he's had a sack record. But he missed two games in total, I believe left early and three others, or played limited. He always comes out for a series in the fourth quarter, no matter what the score is, to rest. Nah, you need more. I don't care how good he did. You need more from T.J. Watt for that money.
2: No rest for the wicked. You got to stay in there.
1: Thank you for the call. He's got that dog in him. Gobble that neck. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny because a lot of the stuff that I think is good about the Steelers isn't necessarily a big help right now. I don't think the offensive line is good right now, but it's young and maybe it improves. Pickett could be solid in the long run. And the Steelers do have a great array of young weaponry with Pickens, Najee, etc. But it won't be enough this season. The Steelers are not a right now team. And this is your cue to say, well, they're wasting TJ Watt. They're wasting Cam Hayward. And that's right, and that's a shame. But good players don't win rings all the time. And yes, maybe you will have to rebuild the defense just as you finish putting together a decent offense. Uh, right now is not the perfect scenario, especially not for right now, but not moving forward either. But the good news is the Steelers will hang in there this season and contend for the playoffs, maybe not make them, but contend for the playoffs till the season's end. Last year, that's what happened, except they got really lucky when Jacksonville beat Tennessee in Week 17, which nobody figured. So they will hang in there. They will contend for the playoffs till season's end. And for you, that's good enough. It's been good enough for you for a long time. The bad news is we got no hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo Smith Hooster is in Kansas City. So he cared so much about the city, and he was so much fun, and he loved everybody. But the truth is you've forgotten about him already let's go to eric in the truck eric you're on with mark
0: uh yeah real quick so i believe that it doesn't matter quarterback and or the defense really i think their main motto uh the past couple of years and to continue is just to keep tomlin's uh winning record alive and that's well, all yeah, but really the, quarter, about, the quarterback
1: so. and the defense matter and i don't think that is their main goal to keep Tomlins never having had a losing season streak alive. But I think it's something they retreat to very easily when their season would otherwise be considered a failure. Let's go to Mike in Latrobe. Mike, you're on with Mark. Mike, you're on the air. You, about the, uh, you hear me? Yes. All right, Mark, good day. Yes. I know everyone's everyone's bitching about uh, Kevin Bush and this and that, but what are we going to do about the o Well, the O-line is young and might improve. And what's that have to do with Devin Bush anyway? No, I just said everyone's complaining about... Oh, they'll be bitching about the offensive line soon enough. They'll be bitching about a lot of stuff soon enough. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Training camp is the time for false optimism, for those seeds to be sown. And then when the crop don't come in, people bitch like crazy. This will all turn the other way. Nobody has any... Yeah, I, I hear it. Nobody has any. Uh... Nobody has a good cell phone. You need to get a. You need to get Rodolfo Castro's cell phone at least during games. Use it then, so he can't get suspended. Let's go to Ernesto. Ernesto, you're on with double M. Good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. Do you think Juju smith Hoo Hoo Smith schuster has that dog in him? Hoo Hoo Smith Hooster. No, I I think he's too anonymous and forgotten to have that dog in him do you think that dog in him personality euphemism is really just like an alpha male kind of thing?
0: I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means.
1: The first time I heard it applied was when I heard Zach Wilson, the Jets quarterback, was banging his mom's friend. That's the first time I heard that applied. But I don't think that he has that 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 dog in him. I I think cuckoo, cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson. They call that that pit bull with the pink thing hanging out? Uh, No idea what that means. Goodbye. Okay, I'm going to tape a Shenderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman ad uh, during the break, and we'll have Stan Savern at the bottom of the hour. 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Bubble M. huge fan, buddy. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. Still of the night, still of the night, still of the night. DX at 105.9. Oh. Besides inside backer with Bush and Spillane, and and by the way, I got some tweets claiming that I'm uh, hating on Spillane. Nobody said I slandered him, though, so that's a step in the right direction. But uh, I'm not hating on Spillane. I actually respect him for getting a lot out of very little talent. I mean very little talent. I respect him a ton. But he is what he is, which is an undrafted Mac linebacker who tries real hard and hits real hard but can't cover it all and sometimes gets overwhelmed physically despite his ultra-aggressive mode. And it's an indictment of the 10th pick overall from Football Factory Michigan that Spillane is competing with, with him, with Devin Bush, and Spillane appears to be winning that battle. If you want to tell me I'm um, hating on Bush well yes, yes I am because I think he's a, a gutless underachiever Spillane I think gets the most out of what he can and if Spillane beats out Bush boy that says a lot about both of them if they go to the dime all the time and play just one inside backer and Miles Jack that says a lot about the both of them as well 412-333 WXDX is the number to call you know, when you, when you talk about stuff like the inside linebacker battle and the left guard battle, I heard somebody say on the B team today, and hit the nail right on the head. As bad as Green played last year at center, how can you expect him to be that much better at guard this year? And I tend to agree with that, but yet he's beating on Kevin Dotson, who was always hurt. Uh, another position that worries me a great deal is left tackle because Dan Moore was a turnstile in that Seattle game. And I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I predicted all three of the Steelers quarterbacks currently on the roster will start a game for the Steelers before the year's over. I think there's going to be injuries, and I think at some point there's a good chance the Steelers just say F it and put Pickett in there for the last three games, especially if they are not in the playoff hunt, which I just predicted they will, but I'm saying now if they're not. So inside backer is going to be a problem. Left guard is going to be a problem. Left tackle is going to be a problem. Quarterbacks are going to get hurt. I have very little doubt about that. And this is all real talk about the Steelers. And uh, I know that's no fun. The quarterback debate, which the B team indulges every show, every segment, that's easy. Anybody can do that, but I'm trying to think and impart some wisdom and look at reality. When I talk, it's not easy like the quarterback debate is. So a lot of it depends on your expectations. So tell me, what are your expectations? Because the Steelers always aim to compete for Super Bowl like Omar Khan said on the show last week, but they ain't nowhere near. The real cornerstones of the offense are Najee and Pickens. Pickett, in the long run, might wind up being Kirk Cousins. Mitch Trubisky right now, he's going to be Mitch Trubisky. And again, you're looking at finish middle, draft middle, stay middle, and 7 and 10 gets you more of the same, or 8 and 9. Now the debate appears like it's boiling down to Pickett versus Rudolph. And really, who cares who the second stringer is? If Trubisky fails, this season's a waste. What you want to see from Pickett is progress except you won't see it, the coaches will. One thing I will say for Pickett, he's got that dog in him. (laughs) 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Seriously, real talk. Left tackle, that's real talk. Left guard, that's real talk. Inside linebacker, that's real talk. The dime trickling down and making Minka Fitzpatrick ineffective, that's real talk. Not just quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I'm sorry, but it is an indictment of those thinking they do my profession when I don't care about the Steelers at all, but I provide by far the realest talk about them, not empty quarterback crap. Now, that said, we're going to hear a, a, a soundbite from Colin Coward later this hour because he thinks the Steelers should go to picket, toot to sweet. But here's some important news. Pabst Blue Ribbon, the beer, not my my beer, but, you know, not a bad beer. But I'm a, I'm a Coors Leica. Everybody knows that. Pabst Blue Ribbon has come up with a limited edition case of beer. It's kind of a maxi case, I, I guess. 99 cans. I think it's cans. It can't be bottles, can it? 99 cans uh, in one case. It's, like, huge. I saw a picture of it. Is that for the 99 bottles of beer on the wall song, the driving song to kill time, 99 cans of beer on the wall? Or is it so alcoholics could say, I don't have a drinking problem. I only buy one case a week. 99 cans. Wow. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. We got the godfather next. Dan Saverin on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He don't do nothing but win. He just knows how to win. Super genius. Loud and proud. He is horrible. He is terrible.
2: The X at 105.9. nine.
1: lot's going on with The Steelers. Besides the quarterback position, joining me now to discuss, he is the godfather of Pittsburgh sports media. Always great to talk to Stan Saverin. Stan, we're starting to hear talk about uh, using more dime defense, uh, and even against the run. Three safeties and just one inside backer. Uh, that's obviously an indictment of the uh, so-called battle at inside backer between Bush and Spillane. Uh, what are the pros and cons of that alternative?
2: Well, depending on who the extra safety is, um, you obviously give something up against the run um, if you anticipate run. And then, of course, you're getting involved in a chess match between your opponent's offensive coordinator and Terrell Austin, who's calling, you know, the defenses. Um, The positives are you've got an extra guy in coverage, Um, uh, the safety more likely to be able to handle a tight end or a running back, uh, unless the inside linebacker is what you hope that Devin Bush was supposed to be. So, I mean, obviously, you're better against the run with the uh, extra uh, man up front, the front seven, better against the pass if you've got an extra guy back there, presumably.
1: Yeah, uh, I understand that in some ways it helps. I just hate what it does to Minka. Because it makes Minka into a de facto linebacker and a tackler. I think that happened last year because guys got to the second level on the run so easily. And he's not a playmaker anymore. So I hate to think you have to do that because of the potential impact on him again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's very true. Uh, But I I honestly think that they were going to use a lot of nickel and dime defense this year anyway. Uh, I've always felt, you know, whatever Devin Bush ended up doing, that it would be Miles Jack who stays on the field in passing downs. Now, again, you're playing a guessing game. You know, you're allowed to pass on first down, and you're allowed to run on second down or, or, you know, run on a a, a supposed passing down. Uh, But, I mean, you're right. It's one of the reasons that Minka had to play closer to the line scrimmage. But I would also suggest that one of the reasons they were so bad against a run wasn't only the inside linebacking. Um, two factors. Number one, the defensive line figures to be better than last year's injury and retirement uh, you know, ravaged uh, defensive line. Uh, not that Tewitt wasn't a you know, very good player. Uh, obviously, uh, he is. But Alou Alou is the key to stopping the run primarily. He'll be back uh, supposedly healthy. Um, you know, that's, that's the first thing. Um, and you know, the second item involved was stopping the run. Uh, is uh, the nose tackle and the defensive lineman. Their responsibility, nice if they can make the tackle, but their job is to keep the blockers off the inside backers. I think Miles Jack makes him a lot better. Um, and, and, you know, look, Bush is a liability uh, against the run, maybe against the pass, and Spillane's a liability against the pass. I think Jack was going to be the guy who stayed on the field no matter what Happen at the other inside linebacker position.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too. I just think, again, I'm worried about the trickle-down to Minka. Uh, I think Bush, I mean, did you hear Bush's statement where he said, if it doesn't work out in Pittsburgh, I'm going to be in the league anyway? I mean, I I hear that, and I hear a guy who doesn't care.
2: He sure seemed like it. Um, He didn't do himself any favors by saying what he did. It's the first time he's spoken to the media all year, Uh, all camp, I should say. Um, no, he didn't come off as a guy um, who was um, oblivious to the fact, that, I don't know about his career, but his career in Pittsburgh is in jeopardy. And I'm sure, look, if the Steelers um, don't re-sign for next year, I'm sure somebody will take a flyer on him. You know, they'll, they'll think, a shot. Well, he failed over there, but there's a lot of stories about guys uh, who get a second chance. But he, he sure didn't sound like a guy who uh, – was uh, aware what his circumstances were. Um, you can't solve a problem if you don't recognize there is one. Uh,
1: we saw Bush whiff on a tackle against Seattle. We saw Spillane fail in coverage a few times. It, it makes me wonder why they didn't address inside backer more in the offseason. Maybe they needed miles jack times, two.
2: Yeah, well, of course, you got a limited amount of money. Uh, that you can spend. Um, They spent heavily on the offensive line. You know, they have cap issues anyway, even though they had extra money because of Ben's retirement. Um, How many, you know, terrific inside linebackers are there in the NFL? Um, I mean, they targeted one. They liked the guy a great deal. They went out and got him. And I do think that they were hoping um, that, you know, Bush, uh, his issue was physical that once his knee got healthy with an extra offseason to prepare, that he'd be the guy they thought they got when they drafted. So, I mean, I can understand why they wanted to take a flyer one last shot on this guy.
1: Uh, Deontay Johnson says the other team can't cover everybody. It's a good receiving course, Dan, but let's prove that first, why don't we?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Um, uh, When you stop and think about it, What Deontay did uh, last year was remarkable. Uh, The offense didn't function very well. They had no running game. Claypool was a real disappointment. Uh, You know, Fryer moved great problems. But Deontay Johnson was largely uh, a one-man gang. It does figure to be uh, a lot better this year. But, I mean, you know, I agree. Um, But training camp's a time for optimism. So, you know, guys are going to say what they're going to say.
1: Uh, how good is that receiving core going to be? I mean, Pickens is certainly the talk of camp, and I think he's for real. Stan, Deontay got a late start. I-, I like it as a group. I wish there were a number one, but maybe Pickens solves that. Pickens, rather.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe uh, you know Pickens is that guy. Uh, but you know, look, there are lots of very successful teams that don't have a quote number one receiver, but have you know multiple guys you've got to pay attention to. I mean, I think back to the Patriots, and maybe that's a bad, bad example. Um, you know, it was, it, they were dynastic. You know, Brady is one of a kind. But to me, they have only had one great wide receiver, and that was Randy Moss. And, you know, that was, you know, that was later in their dynasty years. But they always had a bunch of guys, you know, Edelman, you know, got Wes Welker, yep. you know, guys like that. You know, maybe they weren't number ones, but, you know, the, the, and again, it was it was Tom Brady. Uh, but they, they managed to make all of that work. They mixed in a running game. They used their running backs uh, in the pass patterns. And let's not forget, talking about the Steelers, Najee Harris can be a big weapon there too. So, um, uh, again, uh, uh, the one thing about having a true number one is that you've got to generally double cover them but, I mean, I look at Johnson and Pickens, um, if, if, if he's for real. Um, and you've got a guy like Claypool playing in probably what's his best position in the slot. Yep. And you've got a guy like Austin who can fly. And, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator, and I've got to worry about guys like Pickens and Austin getting deep, um, that leaves Fryermuth. You know, it leaves the running back. It leaves Deontay Johnson and Claypool.
1: You can't base too much on one exhibition, stand, But uh, I'm worried about uh, Dan Moore Jr. I thought he was okay last year, especially as a rookie draft in the fourth round. But, boy, he got uh, beat bad on a couple plays against Seattle. And that can get quarterbacks hurt. Maybe it's a good thing the Steelers have three.
2: Yeah, that's a, you know that was a bad bad play. But um, it's the first time out. Uh, you're hoping that he improves from his rookie year. He gave up seven sacks, um, but he also gave up seven sacks with a totally immobile quarterback. Um, I think that, you know, will help the sack total. Well, you've got guys, uh, as we saw, one of the intriguing things to me, Mark, uh, about Saturday night was that was, you know, at least closer to what we anticipate the Mad Canada offense would be. And they ran all kinds of boots, half rolls, moving pockets, quarterbacks setting up behind the tackle, uh, in, instead uh, of, you know, directly on a straight drop back, you know, that, that is likely to help the offensive line as well. I mean, I'm worried about their tackle play too. Um, I mean, I think at, 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 at best, it's average. You need to be better than that. Um, and, you know, listen, when you're playing left tackle like that, you're out there on an island and you make a mistake, everybody sees it.
1: We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather. Stan is brought to us by Always Safe and by Schneider Downs. Uh, Yeah, You mentioned Najee. One more thing about him. I'd like to see him used in patterns, not just for dumps out of the backfield. I I think he has more potential than to just do that, don't you?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, Think back to the heyday of Le'Veon Bell. They did that with him a lot. Uh, Fans will remember that there were a number of occasions where they would set up in an empty backfield with Bell – Blank like he was a wide receiver um in a slot or you know way outside on the line of scrimmage um and he was very effective at that and i think naji very well could be too now you got to rely on your offensive line you probably have to keep a tight end in uh to help block but you know that that creates problems for defense even if you
1: only use him as a decoy stan uh we got to talk about quarterback i think it's in both our contracts What was your take on how all the quarterbacks played Saturday night? Uh, I thought they all played okay. I'm not sure I'd go further than okay. I know Pickett electrified, but that was third string versus third string. It is.
2: Of course, he's playing with third string guys too. Right. Sometimes that neutralizes that. Um, I I, I thought Trubisky uh, looked very comfortable and in command. Um, I I thought Mason – one one thing I liked about what I saw – Remember his first snap, that's the Dan Moore uh, bad block you're talking about. He gets hit and loses the ball. Luckily, he recovers. But on the very next play, he comes back and throws that beauty to Pickens. Um, that showed me something. You know, fans were booing already. It didn't take long, like, you know, that was his fault. Um, but then he comes in and just throws that beauty of a pass. And, yes, it was a great catch, great toe tap, but that pass couldn't have been more perfect. Um, and and Kenny Pickett, um, he's facing a lot of pressure. I know it's late in the game, first exhibition game. You know, fans are screaming, uh, and, you know, that's great, but it also puts extra pressure on him. I liked his poise. I liked the way he looked uh, throwing the ball. But I would also suggest to people, uh, again, uh, everything we talk about, you and I, in preseason should be, the caveat of its preseason, and it's only the first game. But uh, a lot of Kenny's throws were short dink and dunks, um, like the touchdown pass. You know, it's a 10-yard, uh, not even an out pattern. Uh, it's more like a flanker screen, and it goes the distance with the winning touchdown, and that's great. And, and you know, you, you, can't, you can't dispute hitting 13-15, but a lot of those throws were shorter stuff. Now, the positive in that is that he surveyed the field, He didn't see anything deeper, and he got the ball off to the correct second, third option, whatever that happened to be. I find that's a positive, and I think, frankly, the coaches are probably looking more at that and the accuracy of the passes than they are with the actual end result.
1: No, I think so, too, Stan. I thought all three quarterbacks actually showed uh, poise and presence. I think Rudolph still gets a bit antsy in the pocket. Uh, But uh, he made that great pass to Pickens, as you said. And I uh, had Shereen Williams from ProFootballTalk.com on before, and we were debating the notion that they need all three quarterbacks, that those who say they should trade Rudolph and make Pickett the backup, I think given the offensive line and the risk there, it's better to have too many quarterbacks than not enough.
2: Yeah, the only – it's a dilemma in this regard, Um, as you know. Uh, I feel this quarterback, I'll put it in quotes, competition, um, is about one thing and one thing only. And that's for the Steelers to see and to find out if they can trust Kenny Pickett to be the backup to Trubisky. Uh, will he be advanced enough by September, whatever the cutdown date is, where they can safely feel that if something were to happen to Trubisky or if he performed poorly, would. Pickett be in a position to lead them for this season Um, or does he need a full year kind of watching and learning as many other rookie quarterbacks, number one draft choices and otherwise have done. I think that's what this is all about. The safest move is to keep Rudolph and keep him as the backup. Uh, You know, you know um, that, you know, he's going to come in uh, for a short period of time. Uh, and you know he's not going to be horrendous. I know some fans out there think I'm talking crazy, but he's a reliable guy. But if you do that, then you relegate Pickett to third team, which means he gets no reps during the regular season at all and likely is, uh, will retard his progress to becoming the starter next year. And also you have to factor in what can they reasonably get for Mason Rudolph? If all they're going to be able to get is a number seven or a six-round draft choice, then I say the safer bet is to keep him. But then again, that relegates Kenny Pickett to running scout team plays.
1: Yeah, but by the same token, Stan, just because Pickett's third string doesn't mean you have to never give him snaps in practice. You can do anything you want.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can. You definitely can. And look, make it elevate him. If he makes progress, let's say, uh, they see him in practice, uh, you know, doing whatever it is he's doing. Um, yeah, I mean, they could obviously make him the second-team guy. Um, that makes Mason Rudolph an expensive third-team option. Uh, but you know what? If they were to trade Mason Rudolph and make Kenny Pickett the second guy, chances are they would probably look for a veteran third-team guy anyway. I mean, this old Doken, I mean – that's all well and good but he he sounds like a practice squad guy to me and they'll be veteran quarterbacks you know to be the third string guy you know to help out with some you know veteran leadership so they probably have to go out if that's the way they choose to go and get a third quarterback in here anyway
1: stan i feel bad for oladoken uh it would have been better for him to be a free agent he could have gone someplace where he might have got a rep now and again
2: yeah um the, the worst thing that could happen to him uh, was being drafted. You're absolutely right. Um, it makes you wonder why they did that. Um, it also makes you wonder if, if if they liked him enough to use a seventh round draft choice. And I know you know you don't get you know very much, but Brett Keisel was a seventh round pick. Uh, I know that's picking on you know one guy, picking out one guy. Um, but it makes you wonder. Who knows? You know they could have drafted a defensive lineman. Uh, they could have drafted an inside linebacker. Uh, you know they could have used a seventh-round pick on something else other than a guy who was headed to the practice squad anyway.
1: Uh, Stan, there's talk the Steelers might build a statue. Y- you know, they already have one of Art Rooney, the founder, and they already have a monument to Franco Harris, the Immaculate Reception. If you could build a statue of a player or coach, uh, who would you pick? Oh, boy. Um, it's tougher when it's he, one guy. This ain't Mount Rushmore. It's, it's just one guy.
2: Yeah. Um, if, if, if we were including coaches, um, I would have Chuck Knoll. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, the scouting department brought in great players, but he, he not only won four Super Bowls, he turned around the entire franchise. He took a moribund franchise from its lowest ebb and started himself at a 1 in 13 and built, I think, the greatest dynasty in pro football history. Uh, so if we're including coaches, uh, then uh, it would be him. Uh, if, if it was a player, um, I'd have to go Joe Green. Uh, to me, the greatest stealer ever. Uh, and so maybe they can maybe they have a statue of Chuck Knoll sitting on Joe Green's lap. <laughs> After all, well, uh, you know, it was Chuck who drafted
1: him. I agree with everything you said about Chuck Knoll, but I don't think people really remember the coaches. I think they remember the players, and I'm not sure Chuck does – Everything he did without Mean Joe Green uh, joining so early during Chuck's tenure—that's no disrespect to Chuck. Stan, I think you're being a, a little bit too uh, uh, ageist here. What about uh, not? You're looking back too far, rather. What about Kenny Pickett? Get that out of the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, why wait? Um, you know, why not start? Gets the sculptor working on the bust uh, in Canton and getting that thing ready. Um, all right, I'm well. I don't know if it's modernized. I think Dan Rooney, um you
1: know he got oh another got Rooney, people. another Rooney,
2: well, well, what can you do um, something you else know,
1: the,
2: the, the history uh, is the history um as far as someone else, you know, this might be um I don't know jerome ben um,
1: how about one of Jerome fumbling in Indianapolis? I would commission that myself. <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? The statue I would have with Ben uh, would be him making that tackle, <laughs> that, that fumble. That's 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 what that would look like.
1: See, now you're talking. Stan, as always, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you on your program Thursday. Okay, Mark. Enjoy it. Thank you. That's the great Stan Saverin. I'm Mark Madden. In just a moment, we're going to hear what Colin Coward had to say about the Steelers' quarterback situation. He thinks, well, you'll hear who he thinks should play. 105.9 X now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius. Yeah. Mark, love the show. Well, if I won you over by imitating Dusty Road, the man dream. So be it, baby. The at 105.9. It looks like it's going to be primarily Pickett. Well, not primarily Pickett. I think it, uh, Trubisky's going to start. The, uh, Pickett ran with the ones today. But I still think Trubisky's going to start the exhibition Saturday. Play probably the whole first quarter. Rudolph plays the whole second half. Because Rudolph is the guy who's more ready. He's the backup. And they don't care if he gets hurt. That's probably the nicest way to put it. Okay, regarding quarterback, let's hear what Colin Coward of Fox had to say about the Steelers quarterback situation. Wait till you hear who Coward thinks should start. Colin Coward, right here on The X.
0: You know, my feeling is they have the fourth best quarterback in their division. Deshaun Watson, whether he plays or not, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are all really good quarterbacks. Different styles, but they're all really, really talented. And uh, Kenny Pickett has got to beat out Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And if it's close, I'd go with Kenny Pickett. I I like him. Trubisky's fine. He's a bridge quarterback. But I watched Kenny Pickett, and i got to be honest, he looked composed. He was in control. He was comfortable. And I watched Daniel Jones with the Giants, and I still feel he looks nervous. He looks anxious. So I still don't think Jordan Love is that accurate. I thought Kenny Pickett, i got to be honest, it, had you never heard of Kenny Pickett, and that was the first time you ever watched him play, you'd have no idea that was his first time in the NFL. Now, did he, he played in this stadium in college, and he got a bunch of starts. He, he got a lot of starts in college. Uh, so maybe that's part of it. But, I mean, he may have a very low ceiling, but so does Trubisky, and so does Mason Rudolph. So, and I will say, I mean, has there ever been an organization, I swear to God, the Pittsburgh Steelers draft wide receiver better than everybody. I mean, New England can't draft it to save their life. I always feel like the Colts need two or three more receivers. They got George Pickens, a Pickett, who looks like a star, and a Tyler Vaughn from USC. He may make the team. He had a game-winning touchdown. But I watched Kenny Pickett, and I'm like, this is why quarterback is hard to figure out. He looked really comfortable, and he looked really poised, and he got that ball with about a minute 40 left. He drove down the field, and I'm like, is it because he got a bunch of college starts, and that's the stadium he played in? And, you know, he's been in the stadium. It's his city. He knows it well. He knows the ways around town. That could, that could absolutely be it, and Pittsburgh does an unbelievable job. But starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, And getting your first action, Mike Tomlin is an an intimidating presence. You can't deny that. Mike is a big intimidating presence. The Steelers are one of the great brands in the NFL. The fans were going crazy. It felt like a regular season game. And I thought, I watched Kenny Pickett, and I was like, I don't really see the it quality there. But I was like, all right, that's pretty good. That's pretty comfortable. Sometimes when you watch these young quarterbacks, the thing I really look for, do they look like they belong? I mean, you're not going to be able to tell for a lot of guys, right? Like some guys short, some guys run. Do they feel like they belong? And I looked at Kenny Pickett, and I'm like, well, he's got a low ceiling maybe, but he felt like he did. So that's good news for Pittsburgh. Now, do I think in his rookie year he'd be better than Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson? No, and he may never be. But, boy, I'm looking at Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett. i got to be honest with you. They may all have a low ceiling. I'm not sure I wouldn't go with a kid. I mean, it's one sample. But I don't know. You saw it. I saw it. Easy thrower, comfortable, accurate, a lot of college starts. I think I might roll with him.
1: Interesting take from Colin Coward, but uh, you can tell it's the take of somebody who's removed from Pittsburgh, who doesn't see and hear and talk and write about the situation every day. I do agree with with Colin Coward when he credits Pickett for – Uh, being so poised in his first ever NFL action on Saturday. However, I think we would disagree about the pressure involved in quarterbacking in the first exhibition game. I know it's the NFL. I know Pickett had never played in it before. Uh, And he was composed. But then again, he was playing at the same stadium that hosted his home games in college, and he had started 49 games at Pitt. So I am impressed that he was composed but also not at all surprised. That's good stuff from Colin Coward. Up next, we're going to talk about what we've been talking about, Bush and Spillane both sucking, and how the trickle down of that is going to affect Nika Fitzpatrick and potentially make him mediocre this year just like he was last year. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9.